welcome to part three. We are going to discuss this week the tying up of the loose ends with the Eye of Providence, the All-Seeing Eye, the Eye of Ra, the Eye of Horus, and the history. Where did it come from? What are the origins? Hopefully, we all learned something we didn't already know. So let's tie up these loose ends and part this car on the All-Seeing Eye. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Greetings and salutations. I am William from What Do We Have Here with the podcast, Leading with Purpose. This week, as already discussed, we will be closing up the all-seeing eye discussion. So first, let's talk about the eye of providence. The eye of providence is a symbol with a long history that has evolved over time. Uh, originally a Christian symbol. It was used in religious art during the Renaissance period to represent God. An early example is the 1525 painting of Pantormos. It was where the symbol was painted on later, possibly in the 1600s. However, uh, another key source of the icon was a book of emblems called the Iconologia. Probably butchered that. First published in 1593. In later editions, the Eye of Providence was included as an attribute to the personification of divine providence, that is, God's benevolence. The symbol was created as a sign of God's compassion, watchfulness over humanity, which is reflected in its name and early usage. The Eye of Providence has since become a widely recognized symbol used in many different contexts from art and architecture to popular culture and conspiracy theories, as discussed in the previous weeks. Now, that's not the start of the legendary triangle with the eyeball in it. That was only the 16th century. They had to get it from somewhere, right? Now we're going to go back. Way back. Egyptology. The mythology of the ancient Egyptians. Plagiarized by the 16th century Christians. Now, I see no point of going down this rabbit hole of the Eye of Horus, the Eye of Ra, and Set, and the pyramids, and everything of that nature. Because if you're listening to this, you probably already know a tad bit of that history. I'm going to touch on it. We're going to move on to more of the mathematical legacy than the philosophical legacy of the ancient Egyptians. The Wajit, also known as the Eye of Horus or the All-Seeing Eye. It was a powerful symbol of protection in ancient Egypt. It was often used in jewelry made of gold, silver, wood, porcelain, to ensure the safety and health of the bearer and provide wisdom and prosperity. But there was a... Also, a darker side of the Wajet. 
It was associated with the Eye of Ra, a destructive force linked with the fierce heat of the sun. The Eye of Ra was described as the daughter of Ra and personified as the goddess Wajit. It was feared as a powerful force that could bring harm and chaos. So in an attempt not to go too far down a rabbit hole, we're going to talk about the difference between Ra and Horus and the eyes that are associated. The mythological story about the symbol's origin relates to a battle between Horus and Set in which Horus lost his left eye, which was then magically restored by Thoth and given the name Wajet. The restored eye became emblematic of the reestablishment of order from chaos, closely associated with the idea of Maat, probably butchered that, and used as a protective amulet with healing powers. The Eye of Horus was also used as a notation of measurement, with its six parts representing the shattering of Horus's eye into six pieces associated with the six senses in a specific fraction. Although the right eye represented the sun and the left the moon, it was not always clear which eye was referred to. In another myth, Ra sends his daughter, the Eye of Ra, to punish mankind who had lost respect for him, resulting in slaughter until Ra relents and saves mankind by getting the eye drunk. A discombobulated crazy eye is not something I thought I'd be envisioning at this point. So we have the left eye, not Lisa Lopez, the eye of Horus, and the right eye, Ra. So we're gonna leave the right eye alone because it's drunk and crazy. And we're gonna focus on the left eye with some tender, loving care. Okay, I wasn't funny. Okay, as mentioned earlier, Set shattered Horace's eye into six pieces. In order to make those six pieces whole, the Wajet, meaning the whole one, it had to be done with a little bit of mathematics and a little bit of magic, so to speak. So let's look at that. The pieces were the fractions which represented the senses of humans. So the one half fraction represented the sense of smell. The one fourth or quarter fraction represented sight. The one eighth fraction represented thought. The one sixteenth fraction represented hearing and the one 32nd fraction represented taste and the one 64th fraction represented touch now i'm not a mathematician but if you add all these up it does not come up to one it should be 64 over 64 equals one meaning whole so there's one 64th piece missing why is that I'm glad I asked this question because with a little bit of research, I came up with two theories. One is the one 64th piece refers to the magic used by Thoth to reassemble the eye that Horus needed. The second, it represents that perfection is not possible. However, there is another theory 
going around that the Egyptians just appreciated the simplicity of it all and didn't want to make it too complicated. So they used the fractions that they had, which were referred to as the Hecate fraction. Now, what blows my mind and really impresses me is that not only were the ancient Egyptians pioneers of medicine, measurements, and math, they also knew a thing or two about the brain and senses. You could take pieces and particles of the left eye of Horus that's illustrated by the ancient Egyptians and place them on an illustration of the brain. Not only that piece on the brain, but that piece on the piece that it represents that actually controls the functions of the sense that it represents. I hope that makes sense. It fits. For the listeners out there, I really can't help you. You'll probably have to Google this, but for the people in the video, I'm showing these pieces right now. Here is the one half fraction represented by the sense of smell. Here's the one-fourth or quarter fraction that represents sight. There's a one-eighth fraction represented by thought. Here's the one-sixteenth fraction represented by hearing. And here's the one-thirty-second fraction represented by taste. And once and finally, the one-sixty-fourth fraction that's represented by touch. It is amazing, incredible, almost unbelievable but hey they built the pyramids right so the eye of Horus has been used for many many metaphors over the years such as the eye of the mind the third eye the eye of truth or insight the eye of god inside the human mind the ancient Egyptians, because of their beliefs and the eye of Horus's mystic powers, gave all of these names to the eye of Horus. So wrap all that up and climb back up out that rabbit hole. The Wajet, or the eye of Horus, was not just a symbol of protection and mystic power, but also a symbol of measurement and mathematical sophistication in ancient Egypt. Its legacy still inspires all and wonder today. So let's talk about the power of the dollar. Why is that pyramid there with the all-seeing eye just hanging out on the back of the dollar bill, right? Well, truth be told, the answer is, if you actually look at it, there are 13 tiers to that pyramid, which represent the 13 colonies of the United States before its birth. And it's left unfinished for the fact of it still had room to grow. It was still planning to grow and become what it is today under the eye of God. Mythology or not, conspiracy or not, you could blame King Tutnim <laughs> for all of this crazy, crazy, crazy symbology of the Illuminati and the elite and New World Order and 
all that crazy whatnot. It came from there. It was hieroglyphics. They put it on the wall. I mean, it is what it is at that point. I think the ancient Egyptians were very intelligent and they were trying to enhance and improve the medicinal revolution of humankind. They were trying to save lives. They were trying to help people. I mean, at the expense of sacrificing others, yes, but I guess they were looking to the future. Sacrifice one and save millions in the future. I don't know. But I really don't see a conspiracy with this whole eye thing. I know there is the government. They are watching us. I mean, we walk around with a cell phone all the time. We all try to get on cameras with Snapchats and all that good stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, we ask for it. They offer it. We take it and then we complain about it. It makes no sense to me. However, at the end of the day, there is no conspiracy to this theory. A lot of conspiracy theories have proof, which don't become theories anymore. They become evidence and conspiracy facts. There's a difference between a conspiracy and a conspiracy theory. There is corruption. There is evil. It is what it is, man. I mean, that's what it is. And I hate to, to sound bland in that sense, but it's the truth. So I'm going to end it here. I will be back. And I'll start kicking it with some other features and some other topics and subjects. And I don't want it to be monologues. I would like to have some help. I would like to have people to talk to other than just do research and talk by myself. It's fun, but it'd be more fun if I had other people here. But it's all over with. It's done. Please subscribe, like, hit the notification button. I mean, go on the podcast if you're just listening and give me a rating. Give me a review. Comment, for God's sake. Tell me what you think. Whether you like it or dislike it or disagree, whatever. Anyways, I am going to say, please be safe out there. It is a crazy crazy world I will see y'all soon